Hi, and welcome to another episode of Veterinary Journal Club. Um, today we're going to continue a series uh, on, uh, on one of the topics uh, of communication. We're going to talk about um, building trust with your clients. Um, but before we do, I just wanted to put a plug in there for um, anyone listening, new listeners, if you've been listening for a while, um, that if you have ideas for a show you'd like us to do, a topic you'd like us to discuss, um, or if you want to be on the show to talk about something that you're excited about or passionate about, please reach out to us. on Topher, you should just list all the things that they should do to reach out to us via. Yeah, you can go email us at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com or you can go to our Instagram which is vetjournalclub or our Twitter which is also vetjournalclub. Alright, so yeah, please send us your comments, your thoughts, um, you know, what what topics are you hoping that we'll either talk more about if we've done, done a little bit or something we haven't covered at all. Um, but in particular, if you want to be on the show, please, uh, please reach out. We'd love to have you on and we can chat about something you're excited about. Yeah, we can do it by phone, Zoom. Yeah, we have done Zoom. Or if you're at Virginia Tech. We could probably do it in person yeah. soon. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Okay, so um, we, we have, we'll figure out a way that we can do it safely in person if you're in the... Blacksburg area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So part two of our multi-part series, it's at least two now, so we can say multi-part. I don't know how many parts it'll be, Um, but we are going to talk more about just some communication ideas, techniques, tips, tricks. Um, I have done a little bit of training on this, but most of this is really just coming from my experience over the years. Um, And so again, it's good to remind everybody, my perspective is from an emergency critical care bend. um, But I think a lot of the same basic concepts work no matter what, whether you're dealing with a client you've worked with for years, or if it's a, what was that? A noise? Did you hear that? Yeah, it was the cat running across the... Oh, oh gosh. All right. We're going to have to get them, I don't know, prisons. Okay. So uh, sorry for the distraction. At least I was distracted. Anyway, um, so building trust with your clients. Uh, I, I thought a little bit about this and, and, you know, what are the components of building trust? And I think the first and most important thing is to be trustworthy, <laughs> which seems sort of obvious. And, and I'm, we're not going to talk about that. Does that mean like don't have a really thin mustache? <laughs> it has nothing to do with what you look pale like. Pale complexion. Um, it has nothing to do with what you look like at all, or it shouldn't anyway. But it is how you, you know, how you are, you know, be trustworthy. Don't, um, you know, withhold anything that's important. Don't try to be set. But I'm assuming that that's that's already happening. So, um, you know, be truthful is probably part of that as well. Um, So I'm I'm just going to assume that you got into. They don't know if you're telling the truth. They don't know. And that's actually the point, right, is that, you know, you know, but they need to believe that. Um, I think that if you are not being truthful, most people can suss that out. So that seems like the obvious step one. But what if you are being truthful and they're just, they don't trust you? Um, Are there some things that you can do, assuming you are being trustworthy, that can increase a client's trust in you? And I think there are. Um, And uh, and so I'm just going to, you know, chat a little bit about some of my thoughts on that and things that I do that seem to work for me. Um, And uh, as well as some things that, um, some specific things that you can do to increase, you know, just kind of relationship building and and building trust with you and a client. Um, These are not foolproof. They're they're not always going to work. And so I will talk a little bit at the end about what do you do if you don't feel like you have been able to build a a good relationship with a client? And so I'll share some of my thoughts on that too. Um, 
One of the simplest things that I think you can do to help build trust is actually just show the client that you care. Um, again, I'm working on the, the default assumption that you do care, that you, you know, that's why you got into this field is because you care um, about the patients as well as the clients. But we don't always take the time to show that. Um, and one of the simplest and most effective ways to show a client that you care is just to express empathy. Um, and most of you listening have probably done some work on this or heard a little bit about expressing empathy. And, um, you know, these are statements that, um, you know, you have, you have to be a little careful saying, man, that, that, that sounds really tough or, um, yeah, it seems like you really got a lot going on in your life right now. Even just something like that, if somebody's expressing exasperation or frustration or I'm really sorry you're going through this, you know, your pet is sick or, or whatnot. What if you're not an empathetic person? Because there are people like that out there and it's, if you do that sort of thing, it just sounds, it feels like you fake. know, it sounds contrived and it's like, oh, yeah, they're not going to, is there a way that so, you can say, all right, I want you to know that I do care about your pet, even though it may seem I'm just, I, that might not be I'm okay. Not so a, I guess there's, there's two possible um, scenarios here. It, you could be talking about somebody who actually lacks empathy in, in which case we call them a sociopath. And now that sounds, that sounds like a terrible word, but some people are sociopaths, not necessarily bad people, but they don't feel empathy for others. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that is probably an uncommon person to go yeah. into the field of veterinary medicine. But I think what you're getting at more to more like is, a deadpan person. Yeah, it's just somebody with, who's like, I'm not comfortable with that one certain resting face. Yeah, it, it's it's not um, it's not always comfortable um, or natural for people to express empathy in in overt ways. But I think almost all of us can come up with something that feels relatively natural. And and I'll mention a few other times. I like to have quote unquote back pocket phrases. So things that I, I say, like I would actually say that. Don't try to say something that you, it just doesn't feel right because it's going to come across as very stiff and unnatural. Um, but for me, even, even sometimes saying something like, this really sucks. That is an expression of empathy. That is acknowledging to the person that you're with it. This is a crummy situation. Um, and, and so I think even just saying this, like, man, this really sucks. That, that might be enough to get the other person to say, okay, they, they get that this sucks. Like, it's okay to acknowledge that. Um, and, and so I would say that the vast majority, even if you're not really comfortable, you know, getting touchy-feely, expressing empathy doesn't have to be about getting touchy-feely and being like, man, I, I, really, I really feel for what you're going through. Or it sounds really, you don't have to do that in order to express empathy. Um, it's just acknowledging that the other person is going through some crap. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. Um, or that they're busy, or they're frustrated, or that they don't understand. What it is not is saying that I completely understand what you're going through. That's a big no-no. If you guys probably know that by now, um, you know, telling somebody that you completely understand is both just false because you don't, you don't completely understand. You can't completely understand what somebody else is going through. Um, what you can say, which is, you know, if you're good at this, you can you can kind of walk that line and say, I can understand why you'd be frustrated. I can understand why you would be frustrated. It's not the same as I completely understand what you're going through. Some people that will still set them off though. So I actually try to avoid the, I understand in any way, shape or form statements because some people just still aren't going to like that. Yeah. When I was um, in college, the thing they would say for that kind of training is like, you should say, um, this was for people in distress. It would be like, that looks like it hurts. Yeah. Or, I can see that, that this like, is distressing. Kind of like, don't even don't say that you understand this is bad yeah or they say like i think that this is bad or yeah 
something along those lines. Like don't even don't use absolutes. Right. Like it seems like you are. Yeah. yeah. I'm 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 maybe I'm wrong, but I'm sensing that you're getting frustrated. Um even even that. You just acknowledging their they're a, this is a person who has feelings and they have thoughts and you want to hear their side or, um, you know, t- tell me, tell me what you're thinking or tell me what your thoughts are. Give them a chance to tell their side. So I think, you know, that's a, a simple thing that you can try to do. And again, having some phrases that work for you because they feel natural. Um, if you say them more and more, it becomes more natural and it becomes more likely that you'll say them in appropriate times. Um, but anytime, a, you know, a client is expressing frustration or even if it has nothing to do with what's going on in their, with their pet. Um, actually, um, I like the expression of empathy that kind of brings us back to what they're here for. It's like, man, it sounds like you've got a lot going on in your life right now. So let, let, let me get to this so we can, we can at least try to address this one small piece of the puzzle. Um, so kind of bring them back to, okay, here and now we're talking about your, your dog, your cat, your horse, whatever it happens to be. Um, and say, man, I, I see that you're going through a lot. So let's see what we can do about this one thing. Um, so I think expressing empathy is, is a, is a good, skill. Um, and it's something you can practice. I know initially it might not feel very natural, but it can start to feel more natural. Um, actually even sociopaths can learn how to look like they're empathetic by expressing empathy. So if sociopaths can do it, then you can too. Um, okay. So that's, that's one of the things that, um, that I like, it does help if you actually care. Um, so if you're not a sociopath, this should be easier for you. Um, and, uh, and there's lots of uh, training and different things that you can do. And just, again, practice it. You know, think back on a conversation you had with a client immediately afterwards and say, was there an opportunity where I could have expressed empathy and I didn't? Um, yeah, I missed opportunities. A, a big thing, too, is like, well, I, I worked at Lowe's for a long time. And um, when I would deal with a customer, I would always, like, it was a difficult one. Even if it was just a regular, I would always think back right after. I was like, oh, what did I say? What should I have said? Yeah, just... And then so when I get to the next one, it's just like, oh, I just do that. What I should have done last time. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with just kind of reviewing that and kind of debriefing even just yourself. Like, how did that go? Could that have gone better? Sometimes you won't be able to think of a way for it to go better. And that's okay. But but you tried. Yeah, you tried to come up with... Because you were there, so you you know what you did wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you know what you did right, too. So the other thing is like, man, when I said that, that really worked. File that away as a thing I should do again next time. Um, Because, man, that really... This person seemed really gruff or really upset. And then when I said this, everything seemed to turn around. Um, file that away. Put that in your back pocket and save it for next time. Yeah, because they don't know you said that before. It's kind of no. it's the exact opposite of the story that we used to get. People are going to ask you where the hoses are and they're going to ask you the air filters are. And those are going to be the like and the 90% of your questions. They're not going to ask you about the bathrooms? I feel well, like the, the story of the bathrooms were up front, so it was oh, okay. Um, and like that's 90% of your questions. Don't get mad when someone asks you that for the 20th time today because it's, it's the their only first time, time they've asked asking. you. But you can say the same thing to everybody because you're not repeating it 20 exactly. times to the same person. It's I have so many like, what oh, I call spiels that it's the same spiel every time, almost every time. Um, and that doesn't make it like that it's not genuine. It is because you have a different situation, um, but I'm, and then so I, you adjust a little bit, but like if your dog comes in um, with, you know, non-ambulatory paraparesis, I have a speech prepared for that um, because it's. Does it start off with uh, saying what that is? Yes, it does. It definitely does. Um, we're not going to do that. That's not what this show is about. But if your dog is, um, you know, almost paralyzed, I have a speech for that. <laughs> so anyway, um, so having some of those things ready to go, I think, is, is helpful. A couple other things when it comes to building trust, in, and this is a big one for me. This is a tip. Um, 
be okay with not knowing some stuff. Like get comfortable, get confident in your own abilities so that you can be okay with saying, I don't know. Um, and, and one of the things that I'll, I'll say to students a lot is, is practice being wrong with confidence. And what I mean by that is not lying about what you know. It's not saying you know something when you don't know it. It's saying, I don't know, but here's what I'm going to do to figure it out. Or, you know what? I don't know what it is, but I, th- I think it's this. This is my best guess. This is what I'm thinking. So when, you know, somebody asks you a question, you say, you know what? I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm pretty sure it's this. And this is what I'm going to do to verify. Um, or just saying I'm stumped, like I'm honestly stumped with this and I need, I need help. And there's a very big difference between not knowing something and being confident and knowing something and actually being correct, but being very, um, coming across as very non-confident and, and that you don't, if you don't have confidence in yourself, if you don't appear to trust yourself, why on earth would the client trust you? Um, And so it's not about whether or not you know the answer or whether or not you're right or wrong even. It's about telling them, this is what I know and this is what I'm confident in um, and this is what I don't know and here's what I'm going to do about it. So saying, um, you know, so your cat has diabetes um, and... Uh, you know, maybe, maybe we should do some, some more tests to see what else is going on versus, okay, based on the information I have right now, I'm pretty sure your cat has diabetes. Um, what that means is blah, 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 blah. And here's what I want to do about it. What questions do you have? You know, that it's, it's just a very different, um, way of approaching a situation. Now you can be confident without coming across as like gruff as well. So some, some situations call, yeah, some situations call for, um, you know, a little bit more, um, kind of more somber attitude. Like if you're breaking bad news, then you're obviously going to want to deliver that news in a slightly different way, but you still want to come across as confident, um, so that you can, you know, that that person can trust you that, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. Even when they say, I don't know, this person knows what they're talking about because they know they don't know something that's, that's more comforting, I think for the average client and all all the time, all the times over the years when I've told someone I didn't know, I never felt like I lost their trust. If anything, in those situations, I gained a little trust. They said, okay, this person is willing to admit when they don't know something, which means I can probably believe them when they say they do know something. Um, they haven't, you know, they're not trying to hide anything from me or they're not trying to pretend like they know everything. Most of your clients will assume that you're human and therefore are not going to know the answers to all the questions. Yeah, you're not IBM Watson. No, and even that's not going to have all the answers. But, um, but it's, so it's okay. Um, and I think it's actually really important to say, I don't know when you don't yeah, know. Yeah, we would have that just in like retail also yeah. too. Um, there would be like a universal part for a thing. And yeah. everybody, I'd walk up to the desk and there's a customer and like five employees there googling on everything trying it's like is this the right part for this thing and they'd be like oh Topher, is this the right part and be like yeah it's the right part why because it's universal and it's the only one we carry so unless they have it. something really weird right it's gonna be the it's right gonna part. work so one in a thousand yeah it works and then the customer's oh fine well, cool well, that's yeah i feel good about that they, they didn't they, they believe me i didn't look up all these people have been looking up stuff and like it I says just, right like, there I, universal yeah <laughs> And yeah. it's the it's the same thing too. Like when I notice when you first start working somewhere and you tell somebody something like uh like how to how to do something with the products that you have, they uh, they go and they ask someone else. Yeah, because they don't believe you. Yeah. But after you work there for a while and you hear what the other people had said, then they're like, oh okay. Yeah. Do do do. Yeah. 
And then they don't ask anybody else. But you don't always have that opportunity. So like for what I do in emergency, I need them to trust me the first time. Yeah. I just need them to trust me. Um, well, and the, sometimes they will just because. As you get experience and you get those little, like yeah. you learn what to say. Yeah. So when you probably when you first start, your clients might not trust you as much. They might but not. You'll, have, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you'll pick up the skills. Yeah. But the other thing is, um, it, yeah, it, it's just saying, hey, you know, here, here's what I know. Here's what I can do. Here's what I can't. Um, the other thing is, if I'm recommending something to you, it's because I have a reason for it. And I'm, I will happily tell you the reason for it, um, which gets into another um, tip. Um, so this is this is a pearl. This is so such a, a useful thing. It's not going to come up all the time, but when it does, man, will it make your life easier. So um, get ready to file this one away because I think this is probably one of my most useful client communication tips. You will inevitably in your career, if you're working with clients, will encounter a client who has a pet or an animal, whatever, and that client has a friend or a family member who is also a veterinarian. This will happen to you. You some, It might happen to you at times you don't even know. They don't mention that they have a, a friend or a relative who is a veterinarian. If they do, take that as an invitation to offer to talk to said veterinarian. This... I can't tell you how many times I've, I've done this and it's just worked out beautifully. Um, I, I, it's just a way of, this is a way of building trust. Like, Hey, I, I'm, you have, Oh, you have a, a nephew who's a veterinarian, but lives, you know, six States over. Would you, would it be helpful if I talked to him and, and, you know, kind of went over everything with him with that, with that help. And almost always they go, Oh my God. Yeah. That'd be great. Every once in a while they go, no, yeah, I'm it probably fine. makes your callbacks easier. It's so much better. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story, um, kind of combining the last two tips. So, um, several years ago, I was working emergency and um, a woman comes in. She was probably like in her 70s or 80s maybe. And she brings her cat in and her cat is not eating and has a swollen face. And it's like a young adult cat, otherwise healthy. And I can't remember if it was like the day before or earlier in that day. It had like started with a swollen face, went to the regular veterinarian and they were like, eh, it looks like it's probably an allergic reaction. Sounds reasonable. Gave it um, probably some diphenhydramine, Benadryl and whatever and was like, okay, it should be fine. Probably, you know, got something seems reasonable agreed great plan goes home it sounds like the cat maybe did better for a while, better for a while maybe even a day and then develops this swollen face again and then stopped eating and that's when the cat arrived to me on emergency so this cat is like super stable vitals are normal but it does have like a swollen face the cat looks kind of ridiculous and adorable but it has a swollen face and the woman's like you know she's worried about her cat because this is it was supposed to just go away after a little bit of treatment now it's coming back and now our cat's not eating um and so i'm like this is weird i don't know what's going on because i agree it seems like an allergic reaction but if it was it should have responded to the original treatment and so it, it was weird i didn't know what was going on it's like is this cat indoor outdoor uh it's indoor only but it does have access to a patio blah 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 i don't know well, the student got the history from the client, and then in the, when the student was telling me the story, mentioned that the client's son is a veterinarian. I was in Florida at the time, and the, the veterinary son was in Colorado, and um, and so I was like, oh. So I told the student, I said, watch this. So I go um, into the room with the client and start chatting about what's going on and explain some things, and then I mentioned, you know, I understand that, you know, your son is a veterinarian. Um, and she says, yeah, and I said, would you like me to talk to him about this? And her whole demeanor, I mean, she was fine before, but she was just like, oh my, would you, would you, would you, oh my God, yeah, that would be amazing. And so I said, yeah, just give him the number to the clinic, have him call, and, and I'll chat with him. So a few minutes later, the, the guy calls and I basically was like, so 
I don't know what's going on with your mom's cat. Um, this, it's really weird. I think the maybe the, the referring veterinarian had um, done some blood work before or whatever. I was like, the cat looks pretty good, but it does have this swollen face. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, here's what I think we should do. Your mom's really worried. Um, you know, it's late at night. She wants to go home and go to bed. I'm thinking we just keep the cat here. I just watch it for the night. I'm not going to do a bunch of tests or treatments because I don't think it's going to do anything. I don't want to spend a bunch of your money. We can do that. Like, if you think it's important, I can do those. I just don't think it's really necessary. Um, and let's see what happens. And if it gets worse, we might need to do more aggressive things. And if it, he goes, that all sounds great. I mean, I'm like, I'm like basically saying to him, I have no idea what's going on. I think we should just put the cat in occasion. I'll watch it. Yeah. And he was like, that sounds like a great plan (laughs) because I'm not spending a bunch of her money. Like, I don't know, but the cat was pretty okay. It had this swollen face, but I, you know, it's other vitals were fine. So then he, you know, talks to his mom leave the cat, you know, basically overnight, um, we did, I don't, I don't, we, maybe we gave it some more Benadryl or something. I don't actually know. Um, the cat ate overnight. I can remember this cat. I will remember this cat forever because it did that angry eating that cats very, very occasionally do. So I was like eating, I have video of it. I kept video cause it was amazing, but it was like eating food. <laughs> like angry eating like like growling <laughs> angrily while eating it was the cutest darn thing i'd ever seen so anyway the cat started eating its face was still a little swollen the next morning the lady shows up picks up her cat the cat's still got a swollen face and she was happy she was like oh thank you so much for everything you've done i'm like i did next to nothing um except kind of make fun of your cat while it angry ate over in the middle of the night <laughs> just was like laughing at this cat angry eating um that that was pretty much what I did but what I did was I volunteered to talk to her son the veterinarian and that took me almost no time because I can do vet speak I don't have to go through the whole thing I can very efficiently tell him what's going on what do I know what don't I know what do I want to do ask him if he has any ideas and this whole conversation was like probably five minutes or less he was grateful that I was willing to talk to him and that I was trying to take care of his mom mom was super happy that now her son is in the loop he knows more about this than she does She's now basically, I'm pretty sure what I got from mom was that son called uh, mom and said, Hey, do whatever this vet says. <laughs> Cause that's pretty much what she said. She said, my son said just to do whatever you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I built trust with both of them in a matter of a few minutes. Um, and that just went really, really nicely. And it, it just made everything a situation that could have been fraught with doubt. And like this vet's just saying, I don't, she doesn't know what's going on, which was true. Um, and she just wants to put the cat in a cage and watch it overnight. Also true. Um, and, and you could very easily imagine somebody being like, what am I paying for? What on earth is this? Why did I even come here? And instead it turned into a really great situation where the client was grateful for everything that I did and didn't do, you know, the money I didn't spend, they were grateful for. Um, and, and so, but just because I had that conversation admitted what I didn't know, but also said, let me talk to the person you trust more who knows more about this, right? Because why would I get my feelings hurt that this woman trusts her son more than me? Of course she's going to trust her son more than me. That would be weird for her not to, right? Maybe if she has a crummy relationship yeah, with her son. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Sure she's like, I don't D's. know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. But in general, you're still going to trust him that he's going to be looking out for her best interest unless they have a really weird relationship, in which case she probably wouldn't have brought him up as a veterinarian. Wouldn't have even mentioned him in conversation. So if a client makes a point of mentioning that they have a friend or a family member that is a veterinarian, it's probably because that's the person they really trust and they're going to call. So if they give you that opening... Yeah, they're going to call them anyway. Yeah, exactly. But it's better if it comes from you. And if you offer to call them, they're going to be like, whoa, 
that's awesome. That's really awesome. And I've not had a vet do that before. Um, maybe eventually that'll become more commonplace if people, you know, take my advice, but I'm telling you, it's a good thing. It will save you time. It will save you headache. You'll get that person on your team. Um, because at the end of the day, there is nothing that I'm going to recommend that I can't explain to another veterinarian why I'm doing it. Even in the situation where I had no idea what was going on, I could be like, here's what I think. Here's what I don't know. This is what I'm going to do and why, what are your thoughts? Um, and they were like, cool, sounds great. I don't have any better ideas. But if they had a better idea, I would have gladly taken it. Like, please give me an idea. I have no problem with that. Because again, this is also somebody who, who wants this to go well. They want this case to go well. So if they have an idea, they're going to share it with me. Um, but just offer. Um, I've been on the other side of this. And you guys have probably, if you're listening, you've been on the other side of this too, where you've had friends or family members call you asking for yeah, veterinary every, advice. Every one of our friends. Anytime something's wrong. Everybody. Absolutely. Um, but, and sometimes, um, so I had another story. So this was several years after the story I just told you. My grandmother was still living in California and I was in Florida and she called me up. She had taken her dogs into her vet for just like annual checkup, routine, whatever. And they recommended doing some blood work, um, which is fine. They did some blood work and one of the dogs, or maybe both of them, I don't remember, had some like mildly elevated liver enzymes. And the dogs were clinically normal and they prescribed like three or four different medications. And my grandma called because she was confused about all the things and, and she didn't really understand what was going on. And she told me, and from what she told me, I also didn't understand what was going on, which is largely because my grandma is not a veterinarian and, and doesn't, you know, speak the language. And so this is like a, a really complicated game of telephone where you have somebody who has, you know, a, a lot of knowledge about something, explaining it to somebody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge, who is then trying to explain, explain it to someone who has a lot of knowledge. So with my grandma in the middle, it was really hard for me to figure out what was going on. And, and I was like, I'm, I, from what you're telling me, grandma, I'm not sure all these, these medications make a lot of sense. I might be missing something. Um, you know, do you, do you think like, you think your vet would talk to me and just like you know, cut you out as the middleman here and just talk to me directly? And she goes, yeah, that, that might help a lot. And so she calls back to the veterinary clinic um, and talks to them. And it, long story short, basically the vet told her, I'm very busy. I, I, I don't have time for that. And my, my grandma thinks that it's because she said my granddaughter and this guy, he was, I don't know how old he was, but older that she, he got like a little threatened or whatever, I, whatever. He didn't, he didn't like that somebody else was going to wanted to talk about it. And he, I'm very busy. I, I don't have time for that. And my grandma was like, what? So she tells me this and I'm like, well, I'm like, you know, grandma, what do you think? She's like, well, I don't, I don't like this, but I don't really trust them now. And I want to go somewhere else. I'm like, cool. I agree. You need to find a new vet. <laughs> And, and so she does, so she finds a new vet and one of the, I said, but when you call another vet, you need to tell them straight up, look, my granddaughter is a veterinarian. She's in Florida, not in California where I am, but like, is this something that you guys would be comfortable chatting with her about? Um, and I think that's like, if this is a good question, I tell fam family and friends to ask yeah, if you're a veterinarian for the vet too. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hey, I'm going to ask somebody. Exactly. Um, the same position as you. but like if you're, if as a veterinarian, you're saying, well, that would be ridiculous. You're telling me none of your friends or family have ever called and asked you for your two cents on this. And when you do, you just say, nope, I'm too busy or I'm not going to talk to the veteran. Like, of course they're going to ask you. And I don't get my feelings hurt because you trust your friend or family member more than me, who is essentially a complete stranger. Of course you're going to trust them more. Why would I get my feelings hurt? And I'm not recommending anything that I couldn't defend to a, to a colleague. Be like, well, here's what I recommended and here's why. You're free to disagree with me, but I have a reason for what I'm doing um, or I'll admit when I don't know. 
And so, um, so I was like, yeah, you need to get a new vet. <laughs> and so, I mean, my grandma was kind of put off by the whole situation anyway, finds another vet who was happy to talk to me. We got everything sorted out. It was not a big deal. Um, but, uh, at any rate, so I've been on either side of that, but I can say with truth, I, I truthfully that, um, I just want, it's like the, the golden rule, right? I, I actually tweak the golden rule. I don't want people, um, don't treat people like you want them to treat you. Treat them like you want them to treat your grandmother. Like that's how, that's how I treat clients. How would I want my grandmother to be treated? That's, that's what I try to do when I'm treating my clients, when I'm, when I'm working with clients. Because um, honestly, if, if I don't want, I, I probably shouldn't treat clients the way I would want to be treated. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, just leave me alone. Send me an email. <laughs> I'll get to you later. Like that, that would probably not be very good. I'd be fine for me. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just send me a message. Send me a bill, whatever. <laughs> the less interaction I have to have, the better. That's not, that's not the service I'm trying to go for. But, um, but so how would I want my grandmother to be treated? That's, that's my goal. Um, and so those are some of the, the, the tips and tricks. But sometimes you can do everything right and it's just not it's not going well. It's just not going to have a good a good relationship with a client. And at least in my line of work. So if I have like a, a particularly sick patient, maybe it's a hospitalized patient or it's just a complicated situation and um maybe you have a client who, you know, is asking a question about every single thing you do or they're questioning everything. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? To the point that you can't actually get your job done. Um when I've had those situations, they're they're infrequent, um but when I have had those situations, sometimes you just have to just call the situation out. Um, so I might say, okay, I know this is tricky and I, I can see that you're really worried about your pet and this is, this is a difficult situation, but the, you're constantly asking me questions, um, feels like you, you don't trust me and that's, that's okay. Um, but if you don't trust me, this is not going to work. We're not going to be able to work together for your pet. And so if we can't find a way for you to trust me, then what I think we need to do is find a different vet for you. And I try to say that with as much kindness as I can is that I'm not taking it personally. It, it is actually okay that not everybody likes me or that I don't necessarily get along with every client, but it is going to be an impedance to my ability to do my job. Right. If you can't get the treatment done, then... I, if, if you call me every 30 seconds or we have to run down literally every single thing I do for your pet, this isn't efficient and I won't be able to get anything done for your pet or the other pets that I'm trying to care for. So we have a couple choices here. Either we can find a way that you say, no, no, I do trust you and you're going to give me a little bit of leeway and that I will contact you when things are important and I need your input or we need to find you a different vet. And yeah, and it's better it's to okay. come out and say that rather yeah. than just like ignore their call. Right, or, right. I'm just like, I can't, I can't function this way. This isn't going to work. And most of the time, most of the time I've had people um, say, okay, I, they didn't realize that that's how this was going, that they were actually an impediment to the care for their pet. And most of the time they, they recognize that and they go, okay, no, I do trust you. I said, okay, then let's lay out, you know, some not ground rules, but kind of ground rules like this. These are the things we're going to talk about. These are the situations where I'm going to get you involved. I want you to be as informed as possible, but until you go to four years of vet school and go through all the training I have, you're not going to be as informed as I am yeah. at the end Some of the day. Be, they just don't know, like you don't deal with pet emergencies yeah. all the time. So it's like, I feel like I should be engaged in yeah. asking the the person I'm paying to yeah. fix my pet what's going and on. I and I want blah, them blah, to blah, ask blah. questions. But they're just like a, it's too much. a gun-ho person who currently doesn't have anything to do so yeah it's like oh this is how it's how we work yeah and i don't have a problem with you looking things up and on the internet like, but oh sorry yeah i didn't i didn't realize yeah. i was bugging you and and that's and that's the thing most of the time i think they they probably had an inkling that they were being a little 
uh, overbearing maybe, um, but that I'm not going to put up with it. Like I, this, I, this will not work. So either, you know, you decide that you can change the way you're approaching this. And well, we'll they don't understand that you have seven other patients. Yeah. Or 17 oh, maybe. Yeah. This is, this is, all you're <laughs> this doing is the today. only thing I'm doing. Yeah. It is right now. And that's unacceptable. Um, occasionally somebody will say, is there another veterinarian there that I can work with? And I go, yeah, let me, let me give you some options. And, um, and you know, either you find somebody else within the clinic or you refer them to a different clinic and it doesn't, you don't have to necessarily even leave on a bad note. It's just for whatever reason, we're not clicking and that's okay. Um, and that's how I try to, I, I try to present it. It's okay. If we're just not clicking, that's sometimes going to happen. Maybe we can find a veterinarian that you feel more comfortable with. Um, and so I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not saying it in an angry way. I'm not saying I'm not hurt about this. It is actually really important that you have a veterinarian and a, and a relationship with a veterinarian that you feel like you can trust them so that we can get your pet the care that it needs. So this is me saying, do you want to break up? <laughs> you know, um, but the relationship as it stands isn't going to continue this way. Um, I'm not going to be in this type of relationship. Um, so you can, you can do those things too. You have the ability to do that and then decide if, you know, you can either repair this relationship with new, new rules about how, you know, communication is going to happen and then be firm with that. Um, don't say that these are the rules and then go back to how it was before. That's not good. Um, so, so stick with that or be prepared to send them elsewhere. Uh, and that's okay too. Um, and it really is. And it, it's not necessarily a comment on you as a person because I feel like the vast majority of client interactions I've had over the years have been wonderful. And those handful that aren't wonderful are not a personal reflection on me, but it's not everybody's going to click and that's okay. Um, you're going to have clients you're like, ah, I will not be sad if this client leaves. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're going to get rid of every client that you have like a little, they're kind of annoying or they're a little overbearing or I just don't really like them. You don't have to like all of your clients, but you do have to be able to work with them. Yeah. You're not going to so, see them all. And oftentimes you learn how to work with those yeah, people. Absolutely. We, we would have that in Lowe's a lot. There is there would be this one person that came in that everybody avoided <laughs> and I would just learn like, okay, this person yeah. is really particular about this. Yeah. When I put something in their car, I need to ask them where they want it first. Yeah. Every single item. And when I do that, they're super happy yeah. in there. Yeah. They'll like go out of the store like, oh, that person's the best or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes just having that conversation with a client that it feels like maybe maybe that gives them an opportunity to say, well, I feel like this isn't happening or I don't understand this. And maybe you just, you didn't realize that you glossed over something that was really important to them. Yeah. So maybe you can spend They're some time. They're nice people, but yeah. they feel like you're being mean to them yeah. by doing something that you don't even understand. Right. And so having that conversation, it feels like you don't trust me and, and you might not and that's okay, but it gives them an opportunity to say, well, it's really just this. I yeah, didn't understand this. You. Yeah, they will. You've opened the door for that and they don't want to go somewhere else most likely and they probably do trust you and oftentimes they'll say that no 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 it's not that I don't trust you I just didn't understand this or I'm worried about that okay well what can I say or what can I do to help yeah, you I watched understand a YouTube video and it said yeah great well show me that video because maybe I can be like wow that's really great or I can tell you all the things that are wrong with it I don't know um, but you know so it is a way of engaging it's not shutting them down it's actually just calling out into the open the problem that you're having with your communication um, because sometimes you don't you don't know the best way to reach a client and so just ask them, is there something I can be doing differently? Is there something I should say? Or is there, is there something that I can explain better or differently that maybe would help you understand the situation better? Um, so don't just keep, you know, beating your head against a wall in a situation that's clearly not working. Um, see if there's a way to, you know, resolve it. And if not, it's okay to end the relationship. It really is. And I'm the, giving you permission. The last two situations kind of lead into to this that I, I feel like I see a lot. So 
usually the more difficult cases, there's odds are another vet has seen it beforehand and they've done stuff. How do you talk to the client if you want to change the things the previous vet did without like throwing the other vet under the bus? bus. Yeah. Because you didn't see the pet when they saw it. So what they may have done might have made sense then or even if it didn't, even if it was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So I've certainly run into those situations. You work in the same city as these people and you're going to have to work with them again. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, first off, I always try to remember, um, if this were me who saw the case a couple days ago and somebody else is now seeing it, how would I, you know, we do as a profession, I want us to be kind to one another, give each other the benefit of the doubt, have each other's backs, um, you know, within, within reason, obviously if somebody did something that was like grossly negligent or, um, seemed abusive, I'm not talking about protecting that, but in general, if you're like, I don't, I wasn't there you, you said it at the beginning, I wasn't there. Um, and I actually say that, you know, frequently because sometimes clients will come in, well, why didn't my vet say to do this? Or why is this, you know, they'll actually be looking for you to throw them under the bus. And you're like, I wasn't there at the time. And so with, you know, what you're describing, the situation is now different. Okay. So the reason I'm doing things differently is because what, ha- what was tried before isn't working. And I now have the benefit of knowing that. Um, so the fact that we tried this, I can't, I can't say if I was in that same situation, I wouldn't have done the same exact thing. I might have. Um, I have no way of really knowing that. Yeah, because um, you know the, the results of what happened if you do that. Right. Um, but if, um, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe at the time things were a little different and what they saw was different than what I'm seeing right now. What I want to focus on is right now and moving forward. I don't want to work backwards. So um, I do deflect a little bit in those situations um, because the other likely possibility is that the person that, from in my situation anyway, the, the the vet that they saw before is probably the vet they've been going to for a very long right. time and they actually have a relationship and they've already developed a trusting relationship with. So if I trash that veterinarian or throw them under the bus, they're not going to have a lot of faith in me either because they're like, wait, I've been going to that vet for years and I like them and I trust them. I was like, and I have no reason to think that you shouldn't continue to do so. What I'm saying is in this particular situation, I want to change things. Um, and I want to change things because what we've been doing isn't working. So we've got to try something different. We need a new plan. We need a, a more aggressive diagnostic approach. We need a different treatment plan because we have proven that pl- this, this plan doesn't work. And then that's what I focus on. What, here's what we know. Here's the information we've gleaned from what's happened so far. And here's what I want to do moving forward. I can't guarantee you that I'm going to do it right, but I know that doing the same thing is probably not going to, is probably not going to work. Um, but you do have to be a little bit careful and there are going to be times when what, um, somebody did the first time I do disagree with. And, you know, occasionally if a client pushes me, I'm not going to lie to them and say, well, no, 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 that's what, that's what I would have done. I said, look, I wasn't there from the information I have. That's probably not what I would have done, but I can't, I can't say that, you know, given all the same circumstances that what they did was wrong, um, unless, unless it is, unless I think what they did was wrong. Um, but what I'm also going to do in that situation is I'm going to call the vet and tell them, Hey, maybe ask, let me hear your side. What's going on? Is there something that is not in the records that I have that I missed? Um, because from my perspective, this, this, this went poorly. Or maybe they they didn't say something before about the history and now they yeah, are saying it. Exactly. Well and sometimes like I, I want to give the, the veterinarian the benefit the of the doubt. Cat, and they're now they're telling you it's like it goes outside all the time. Right, exactly. So sometimes you get new information. Um so my default is I'm gonna trust the veterinarian um over the client. That's the default. Uh I, I am. I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna assume that there's either something that the vet didn't tell them or they're not telling me or that, you know, they're Clients have a way of remembering details differently. Um, they will they will kind of, you know, filter out things that you say, well, my vet said this, and you talk to the vet, and they're like, I never said that. Um, so it's also nice to go back to the original source and say, hey, you know, well, this is what a client is telling you. You probably know all the 
the veterinarians in town after after a, a certain years. amount of time. Yeah, you're like, oh, I know these people. You've, you've worked with them, so yeah. you, you know it's like, oh yeah, so and so usually does prescribe this medication, even though I don't. I, I like it's it not works. a thing I would do. Or it's like, uh, that person wouldn't tell you that. Yeah, that sounds like bogus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. Um, yeah, they told I, you. I, it. Again, I'm not going to tell a client. I'm not going to tell a client they're a liar to their face unless they really push me to that. That's the only option that I have. Um, I have told clients before. It's like, actually, no, I'm going to trust my team over you. Sorry, they told me one thing. You're telling me something different. I believe them. <laughs> that doesn't happen often, but I have to do that before. But. Eh, well, you might lose a client. Oh, well, that's not a client I want to keep. Um, but we should look out for each other as veterinarians. Um, we should be trying to support one another, even when we disagree. Please, we can disagree. We should disagree with each other. Yeah, that's actually well, how we learn a, things and move like forward. Like a teaching point. Be like, mm-hmm. um, oh, especially since you're, you're a specialist. Yeah. So if a regular vet did something, a D, or what, what do you call regular vets? Vets. Vets. Uh, <laughs> if a veterinarian does something and you're like, that's probably not what you should do during that. You yeah. can call them and tell them. It's like, next time, next time do this. And they're like, okay. But even so, the, the first thing I'm going to ask is, tell me from your perspective what happened. Because yeah. I don't want to well, come in and be like, you that. did all this stuff wrong. Be like, yeah, that's actually not how I manage things. This is what I normally do. And most of the time, they're super receptive to that. Yeah. Um, they're totally fine. Like and they're sometimes- some medication that- in, We've shown know, this past, not yeah, a good idea. That yeah. is bad. Oh yeah. Well, when I went to school, yeah, that was all the rage years ago. This is what they said. I have a yeah. textbook that says it. I looked it up. Yeah. The flip side of that, if you're out in practice, you know, one day you get out in practice, you've been practicing for a long time. Um, be open to hearing some of those new things because there are some practitioners that have been doing it for a long time and they get immovable. Um, so be open. Um, it's it's hard. It's easy to get set in your ways and it's hard to um, if you've been yeah, doing it for day, fifty years. If you're lucky, you'll be. It'll be 50 years from since exactly. you went to school and you'll have that old book that's exactly. no longer right. Like books. What is a book? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that with paper? You're, you used paper? That's ridiculous. You, you put chemicals into the animal? <laughs> you didn't just wave your magic wand and the nanobots fixed it? Yeah. Um, anyhow. So, uh, but be open to those things. Be open to learning new things. But again, just be be kind to each other. Um, be try, try to be kind to your clients. Um, but I guess for me, be kind to the other veterinarian first. That's my first choice. Be nice to the vets. And then second, that be nice to the clients. Most of the time you can be nice to everybody and you don't have to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I don't know. I, I think that's all I got for this one. Yeah. What, uh, what are the other trust things? Oh, um, be trustworthy. I guess the other thing, uh, is if you get a human, um, like a physician Medical person, not yeah. like a, like a physician. Ooh, yeah. and nurse Here's my or... trick. Here's my trick. Okay. You guys write this down. This is huge. This is going to make your life so much better. Okay. So again, this come down to be confident in what you're saying and what you're doing. Anything I recommend, I can explain and I can defend. But if you get um, somebody in the medical profession, any medical profession, it could be another veterinarian, a vet tech, a, a nurse, a de- yep, all of them. And I've, I've worked with all of these at various times. So if you find or you're worried, um, you know, or they make a comment like, well, I'm a, I'm a physician or I'm an anesthesiologist or I'm, you fill in the blank. And then your next line is, oh, fantastic. So then you understand why I want to fill in the blank. I'm telling you, this is, this is genius. I should get paid for this. When I came up with this, it was just like, oh my goodness. Okay. So let me just go through that again. They say, I'm a physician. I'm a nurse. And then your line is awesome. That means you understand why I want to do all the things I want to do. And here's why this is so great. You have automatically flipped things around. You've said, oh, cool. You understand things. This is now going to be a more efficient conversation. You, I don't have to go through every little thing that I do, but, um, and so you understand why I want to do these things. A couple of things are going to happen. 
if they are also confident in what they know, they're going to be like, okay, cool. I do know why you want to do all those things. Or if they are confident, they might be like, well, hey, that's different. I, I don't understand why you want to do that. Can you explain it to me? And then you go, yeah, I sure can. And then you explain it to them. Um, but most of the time they're going to keep their mouth shut and they're going to be like, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, I do understand why you want to do those things. This is a little manipulative. I'm not going to lie, but it works. And it, it, it will only work if you actually do know why you want to do all the things. So that step one, you do have to have a reason, as we've talked about before, for all the things you want to do. But by saying, oh, great, you understand, then they're probably going to either, they're either going to fall into the category of they don't really understand and they're too insecure to admit it. And so they're going to go with what you want to do. Or they do understand and they're going to be like, yes, that makes sense. Or they don't understand. And then they'll admit they don't understand. And then you can have the conversation, but it's up to them now to admit what they do and don't know. And so if they're one of those people who doesn't know as much as they like to think they do, they're probably going to shut up and it's going to make your life easier. And they're going to be on your team because you're going to be like, Oh, cool. Great. This, I I'm actually, this is not a, this is not a battle. This is now you working with me. So, um, I'm telling you, I've had hundred percent success rate with this. Um, no matter what direction the client moves from there, whether they're like cool and they keep their mouth shut and they just let you do what you want to do. Cause they don't want to come across as being uninformed or that they're not smart. Cause they're like, wait, maybe this person is smarter than me. And maybe you are. Um, or they're going to say, oh, well, well, tell me more about this. I actually don't understand that because what I do is different. Um, but they're going to have some confidence in you because you have just said, I'm confident in what I'm doing. And I assume you agree with me because I know what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, I'm glad you brought that up because that's such an important tip. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's life changing. Yeah, You're so welcome. It seems like it boils down to to be trustworthy to the mm-hmm. to the clients you need to be trustworthy and nice yeah and knowledgeable i mean admit well, what you don't I think know trustworthy is goes with the like yeah. like don't say something you don't know yeah like be be, be honest actually with you. trustworthy yes that's what i said at the beginning you yeah. just be trustworthy yeah and then just walk the walk but be confident and like if you are in fact trustworthy you can be confident in that yeah there's no reason to be right. insecure about it because you're like this is what i know this is what i don't know move on so practice that, like just have some faith in yourself too. You, so it's being trustworthy is also trusting yourself, which is what confidence is, I guess. So trust all around. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Those are my tips. Uh, any other ideas you have that we can remind them of other great pearls? If I think of any others, we'll have a part two. Nope. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you uh, can file away some of these tips and, and if you use them or have used them or have others, share them with us. Um, send us an email at veterinaryjournalclub at gmail.com or tweet us or send us an Instagram post message. It's grandmas. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's the DMs. Oh, D- yeah? yeah? No, we're not going to say it. <laughs> Nobody, don't slip into our DMs. I know that's a phrase, but I don't really, it's weird. So uh, Instagram or Twitter, Vet Journal Club, at Vet Journal Club. All right, we'll chat with you next time. Bye.